Welcome, everybody. I'm super excited about today because uh, my friend and colleague, Jane, Dr. Jane Tornator, has joined us. And I, Jane and I have known each other probably at least 15 years. Yeah. Um, and uh, she came and looked at an office that I had up in Seattle and was not the right fit, but we were a good fit for each other as friends and colleagues. And um, one of the things that I always enjoyed either sharing clients with her or just having conversations or consulting with her is her languaging around, around somebody doing therapy and, and that uh, how articulate she is about what people can gain from that and, and, and that she's working her clients towards certain goals. And, um, and I know some of you are therapists and probably all of us have seen a therapist at some point in time. And so I really hope that you will join into this conversation about um, what can be gained uh, by, by seeing a therapist. Um, partly, I wanted to do this particular podcast, YouTube video, Connectors Meeting, because uh, sometimes I'm in, a, I'm in a position where uh, I'm like, hey, you should probably do therapy again or do therapy. And they're like, I've already told somebody my story. And I'm like, hmm. Or I ask them, what are you getting out of therapy? And they just look at me with a blank stare and cannot articulate what they're getting. They can tell they're getting something, but they're not sure what it is. And so I wanted to, get, to provide something where, where people could start to create some languaging around that. Mm. Um, so, uh, so I'm going to let uh, Jane introduce herself. Uh, oh, after this slide. <laughs> Usually Natasha does this, but just as a reminder, this is a presentation for educational purposes only. Only nothing in this is, con is to constitute medical advice or uh, diagnosis or treatment from either Jane or I. Um, so uh, here's Jane, and, uh, and I, I want her to tell a little bit about her background and why she's excited about being a therapist and, and maybe a little bit about her book. And then we'll sort of talk about therapy just so you know a little better who she is. All right, thank you, Kristen. I'm super excited to be here. Um, so I've been a practicing therapist for about 15 years. I decided to become a therapist because my sister dragged our family to a therapist and I was like, I like this. So um, I went to school and got a PhD in therapy and have been practicing for 15 years. And I, I love it. I love it because you know, you get to, every day, you get to help people like be kinder and love themselves more and, and be more free. And that's like, and I get to talk to people and it's, that's my favorite thing ever. So um, what I especially love about practicing at this time is all the information on the brain. And that's one of the reasons I love talking to you, Kristen, is because you know so much about the brain. And now we've always known therapy works, now we know why it works, because we can see what's actually happening in the brain as we are working with our clients. So it's just, and what I also love about it is when I talk about the brain and our nervous system and how they naturally work, clients are so much less shamed 
for what they are experiencing. So I just, it's just a wonderful time to practice. So yay for you for all the therapists on here and yay for you who've gone to see therapists. Um, <laughs> and my book I wrote, my book is Everything is Perfect, Just Not Me, A Roadmap for Self-Acceptance. And I wrote it because I'm a perfectionist. For those of you who know the Enneagram, I'm a one. So is Brene Brown, I just found out last night. But um, ones are perfectionists. And perfectionists can be really, really cruel on themselves because they can't live up to the very high standards they've created. So the work I've done on myself is to be kinder and more compassionate for being a human being. And so that's, of course, why I have lots of tools to help my clients. And so in the book, I put... Um, many of the tools I give to every single one of my clients to help them, you know, be kinder to themselves and love themselves more as they are now. So that's my, it's a awesome. little bit about me. Yeah, that was wonderful. Thank you. I'm, awesome. I, it, people always do such a better job introducing themselves. <laughs> I'm like, so, um, so why do, you know, when I was thinking about putting this together, I was like, well, you know, when people show up or go to a therapist's office, often they're going to escape this. And so I was wondering if, uh, if the people who've joined us wanted to type into the chat box, like if you're a therapist, like what, what do you hear people saying uh, on why they come to therapy? Um, and... Um, and then we'll talk about like what really happens, but right. <laughs> you know, it's always, it's always, uh, I mean, every once in a while somebody comes to see me and they're, they're not, they're like, it's not depression, anxiety, bipolar, uh, addictions, you know, like that it's not something they want to escape from, but, um, like that's one in like every thousand. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Um, so I was hoping that people would, uh, contribute cause it's always so much more interesting. Um, what have you, what themes do you notice when people, what is people's language when they call you to make an appointment? Like what, what are the common phrases that you hear people say when they come, when they want to start therapy and they've never done therapy before? Ah, right. Um, I get very few people who've never done therapy before. Okay. That's I good. often get people who, who've like tried therapy and it didn't work. And I'm so impressed that they try again. So, impressed. Yeah. but um, mostly people are stuck. Yeah. They're, you know, they're like, oh, I'm tired of dealing with this monster here and I've tried everything and it's not going away. And I'm just, I'm just tired and I'm stuck and I just want it to go away. Yeah. So, you know, they, they come in very tired and, yeah. um, often hopeless. Yeah. And so I think one of the powerful things, I don't know, have you noticed that, like when people call you, even after the, they come in to your office and they're like, well, I, I felt better since I called you. Right. 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 Because they, they have hope. They're like, there's something I can do. Yeah. And just even the short phone call with us, they're like, oh, there's somebody who might be able to help me. <gasps> there's hope. So yeah. 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 The start of a plan. The start of a plan. Yeah. Something we can do because especially when they're depressed, they lose all sense of agency. Like there's not, I've tried everything. I give up. I can't. Yeah. There's, I don't know. I'm, you're my last ditch effort, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. 
And then, and then for me, and we'll, it's a, later, later we'll sort of differentiate kind of what I do versus what therapists typically do or what you do. But, um, but that's one of the reasons why I always start with uh, having people eat protein every three hours just to get their energy levels up. Yeah. Right. Just to stabilize their glucose, because most people what you know, if you ask them on their, what their power supply is on a scale of one to 10 and they say a five, I, I'm pretty sure that if they eat more protein throughout the day, they're going to get to a six or a seven, which is much more reasonable. Yeah. So, uh, it does not look like people want to contribute in the okay. chat box. <laughs> not yet. And so, but please do. Um, and if, and, and maybe Natasha, you can check and make sure people can chat. That would be, yep. I would appreciate that. So, um, when Jane and I were talking about the possibility of, um, of doing this, she got all excited because I was like, how did you come up with this language? And she's like, well, because, because I have, I have language. And right. <laughs> I was like, because I, you know, cause she's studious and she studies systems. And so what she shared was, um, that she, she studied the complex integration, multiple brain system. Um, do you want to say a little bit about that? Oh Yeah. These, the developers of, they call it Sims, um, but it's always helpful to say it out loud because people think it's the video game Sims. So, um, so it stands, it, well, you see what it stands for, but basically the guy who first developed it was a medical doctor, then a psychiatrist, then a therapist. And then he's this amazing, he has this amazing ability to watch what's happening. And he's a total brain geek. He's like read everything about attachment and brain science and nervous system and everything. And he developed this thing. And then he met his wife, who's also a therapist. And they developed this mechanism, which is very based on the nervous system and attachment and pre-verbal learning. And it's a, a methodology. It's more than a methodology, but for lack of a better word, it's a methodology to help us, um, uh, to help our clients experience the often unconscious, frequently pre-verbal um, beliefs and traumas and just stressors that keep us from connecting to ourselves and therefore other people. <laughs> so, so literally what you do when you do SIMS is you are changing their brain in the moment by helping them create new neural pathways in the present moment, which is the only time we can create neural pathways which is one of the reasons, you know, a lot of people say, oh, therapy doesn't work. It's just talking about the past or, you know, like you said, Kristen, you know, I've already talked about my past. Why would I go to therapy? Well, when we're talking about the past or we're worrying about the future, we're using old neural pathway patterns. Like no change is happening. Our brain is just like, I know this story and it's off and running. In Sims and all present moment kind of therapy and connection, we are offered the choice, especially with the therapist's um, you know, calm demeanor and our, our neural system saying to them, you're okay, you're safe, we're good here, we're connected, you're not alone. They have a much better chance to go, that's what I usually do. 
but I, but I really want this. Like, I don't want to shut down an intimacy. I don't want to automatically yell when I'm triggered. I, I would actually like to respond differently. And in the present moment, they are able to make that choice. And every time they make that choice, they start to form a <coughs> pathway. Does that make sense? That, that does. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. No, and, I, and I think that that's a great, and as you say, many therapies do present, present moment therapies. That's what they're trying to do, is they're trying to help us see how the past is influencing our everyday behavior and our present day behavior and to create another choice yeah. in that moment. Yeah. Um, and I think that's super key to one of the reasons on why somebody would start therapy or go back to therapy and, and evaluate what they're doing with their therapist and if they're seeing those changes like right. that. Yeah. That, right. Because, because sometimes it's just not a fit, right? Like, no. And, and I've, I've started with therapists and after a few, I'm like, mm, mm. and, and, and it's a pretty intimate thing. And so it's okay to try see a therapist three times and then mo move on and see a therapist three times and move on. At some point in time, you want to like commit, but right. <laughs> you know, it's you want to be open to a good fit versus it's yeah. not going to work. I'm sure it's not. Right? Yeah, exactly. We do have some comments just before oh, we good. go on. Um, yeah. So one participant said that because she does a lot of EAP clients usually present with a specific problem. Mm, nice. Yeah. Oh, so they're coming in for something specific. And then another person said, that she thinks people come to therapy to develop a deeper understanding of themselves and others and to handle difficult situations more effectively. Ooh, effectively meaning in a way that they feel a stronger sense of agency, so less out of control or confused. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm really excited because I, what I just heard is that we have two, I knew we ha had a couple of therapists on board, but like It'll be interesting to have a conversation about about. So, when when you we were talking, you shared with me a list of words that that you're working that that the the system the sim system works on. But I think a lot of ther different therapy systems work on of like what we're trying to gain in therapy as our brain integrates. Right. Um, and so I'm going to just show both slides so that we can take a look at it. And then maybe we'll go through each one to make sure that we understand what that means. Right. And so here's uh, attention, awareness, authority, autonomy, agency. A lot of A's. A lot of A's. <laughs> and then safe, seeking, care, connection, assertive, play, pleasure, or sensual. Like that's a really interesting list. Isn't it? Um, that, that we should have a access to, I think, but like, let's go through, like, um, let's go through some of these and, and, and how you think about it at, when you're talking to people or how, um, you know, I'm not quite sure how to proceed because yeah. it, um, how you approach this. Cause not these sort of clump together, I would imagine. Yeah, the um, these were these come directly from Sims from uh, uh, Sheldon and Beatrice. Um, uh, I just totally forgot their last name. Anyway, you look up Sims, you'll find them. Um, 
but they um, say that our brain has certain systems. And in Sims, you um, say specific words and phrases to help people's brain come on board. One of the ways they refer to it is a, uh, oh wait, I'll get, a, I'll get a visual prop. One of the ways they refer to it is when we're all happy and functioning, we've got a full, our full brain is on board. When we're afraid, scared, anxious, our amygdala is running the show, right? So our job as therapists, and Sims actually specifically has certain things they do to open it up, is bring our brain back on board. And all these ways, all these words are kind of um, aspects of the brain we're, we're, we're um, enlivening in our clients. So attention, basically, and anybody who does present moment stuff will, will do this all the time, is just basically like notice what's happening. You know, because in so much of our life, we're like going along and going along and busy and not feeling and, you know, taking medications or substances or watching the phone or TV to, to not pay attention to what's going on. So it's very empowering just to stop and go, what, what's happening? Just notice what is happening in your body right now or with your thoughts. And um, so it simply is paying attention. And then the second I kind of went into already, awareness is, okay, so I'm paying attention. What's happening? Is my heart beating faster? Is my stomach all tense? Is my brow furrowing? Am I relaxed? And just to really start to be um, notice what exactly is happening in your body versus this overwhelming feeling that we want to shut down from. Authority basically is like our ability to say no or yes. I get to say no, I get to say yes. And it's so funny. I don't know about you, Chris, one of the most difficult questions for my clients to answer is, well, what do you want? Yeah. Like they go, uh, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I haven't even thought about it, right? Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. Um, so just the ability to say no or yes is so powerful. Then autonomy is, okay, so I clearly have a choice now. What do I want to do with it? What's my choice here? Like if it's no, then do I want it later? Do I want it, do I you know, want to choose something else? It's, it like opens up our ability to have choice in our life. And then agency, super powerful for people with depression. And Kristen, one of the things I love about your work is you are so good at helping clients create agency hmm. through their food choices, through their health choices, through their you know um, sleep choices, all that stuff, through their supplement, whatever. But you are very good at saying, you know, you, you have power here. This is... You, this affects you. You eat protein every three hours. Look at the difference. So it creates yeah. a, oh, I can, I'm capable. Right. Like one of and, the words I use a lot is capable. How about you? Yeah. And, and with this list, like, I think what uh, is a little different about what I do is this is generally narrowed down, down to the arena of food, sleep, and exercise. I mean, sometimes I do some coaching outside of that. Um, but, um, really like paying attention to like, what's your power supply? Yeah. You know, like how much energy do you have? How much anxiety do you have? What is your awareness about when it comes and when it goes? And, oh, is there, now that I've explained to you some physiology, can you notice that after three hours or four hours of not eating, like the, the, the power supply is dropping? 
you're feeling tired, you're feeling anxious, you're not happy. And then, right. and then do you have the authority? Cause it's actually very complex to be like, I need to eat now. <laughs> right? And, 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 and having the autonomy and like practicing autonomy by just taking that action for yourself yeah. and, yeah. and having that agency. Right. And so it's a, it's a narrow field. And once you, practicing those skill sets will help you practice with your spouse and your kids and mm-hmm. your work and all of those things. Kristen, do you find that um, your work really helps people like feel less at the whim of their bodies? Yes. I, I think that, uh, and we use slightly different language, but the, you know, to be in your prefrontal cortex part of your brain versus your limbic part of your brain. Yeah. Like, you know, to me, the, and you've been saying this, like the amygdala is past oriented and, and, you know, fight or flight, right. Or disappear. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and doing things in the past where, when we are fueled and we have slept and we've been moving our bodies in the most ideal situation, it's much more easy to attend. Right. It's much more easy to um, pay, pay attention, to, to say yes or no. Because I don't know, for me, I know my past, like I have so many like parts of myself in the, the, that like, if I'm really in my limbic system, I don't know what I want because, you know, the three-year-old wants one thing and the four-year-old wants another and the 15-year-old certainly wants another thing. And so like, we just can't get to one answer <laughs> in any remote way, right? right. And, um, and where, where if there's enough glucose around that, that becomes possible. The thing that the most common comment that I've gotten from therapists once people start feeding themselves and taking care of their bodies is that they're better able to do the work this work the integrative work because a they're in their prefrontal cortex and b hopefully they have the nutrients to build new neurotransmitters and build those new connections yeah so um so looking at this next slide I wonder if let's see if anybody has any comments and you, if you have any comments or you want to share the people who are here, I would love to hear that. And you can certainly disagree with me always. <laughs> I think and Jane, me too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, we're up for, for debates. Mm-hmm. But um, it's amazing to me, just staying for a moment on the, it, it, it's how how hard it is to pay attention and awareness, like those first couple of skills Mm -hmm. that really need to be laid down at some functional level. Um, You know, the exercise on attention that I often say to people is like, can you just name the colors that are in the room? Mm -hmm. Like, can you use your senses as they need to be used right now, not for reading, like our eyes aren't actually for reading, our eyes are actually for taking in basic sensory information. And sometimes that's hard for people. They, right. they, want, to, they want to name the color that they like, which isn't happen to be in the room or something like that. No, I'm like, not the one in your imagination, like right. the one you see right now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So when people are typing in, we're going to take a peek at the next set of slides and see, oh, good, we oh, have a We do have a comment. Um, so participant says, for those who want to move fast and deep, what else offers, the, offers to unburden quickly? He took questions of psychotherapy to 13 pages, then to three questions. This is great. Michael, Mitch, Mike, Mitchenbaum. Okay, you can I, could you say what question? the question is again? Yeah, so I'm not sure what the question is. So, um, so for those who want to move fast and deep, what maybe what else can we offer to unburden quickly might be the question. Oh, um, yeah. That's a fascinating question. I actually do the totally opposite approach. Um, what I found in my work and with my clients, and this is, this is all about the fit thing. Like I love deep. I'm not such a big fan of fast because what I found in the people who work with me is because I work with perfectionists, right? So they never move fast enough for them. So when I help them do little, little um, steps that it, it feels very slow, but they don't fail. They have success after success after success after success. So they move forward and then they actually get to one thing where they want to go faster because they've had the success of the small things. So I'm, I'm not a good fit for the, the fast people. Um, that's how I used to love to be therapized because I was a perfectionist. I'm like, no, I got to fix this now. I'm done with this now, 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 now. And I, I could never move that fast because I had a lot of trauma, so I'd have whiplash. So um, I think probably though, if I were to give an answer, it's helping pe build people's self-compassion. Because if we have self-compassion, even if we're moving fast and failing, we're still like, oh, that's okay, I'm still trying. I've still got my agency, I'm still doing it. I can do this, I'm capable. It's not going as fast as I wanted to, or I'm not as good as I wanted to be or whatever that's okay because I'm, I'm really I'm really trying and working on it yeah I love that answer one of um one of the more powerful moments um that I have been in is uh I went to a um a conference with the Dalai Lama and a whole bunch of neuroscientists and so they were like meditators and they were scientists and I was like one of the bridge people and I was just so happy right and um <laughs> And, uh, and, the, and Dan Siegel, uh, who I really like his work, was there. And, and the Dalai Lama asked him, what is, is, is something that, um, that all people, regardless of religion, a culture, um, every, everything, everything, every person on the planet would agree that this is something that they all wanted. And what, by what mechanism would you get there? That's a great and, question. And I was just like, yeah, Dalai Lama. <laughs> I know. I'm like, he can handle those questions. <laughs> he, can, he can format those questions. And I was just like, oh, I am so glad I don't have to answer that question. I know, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> and, uh, and Dan was like, I got to think about that. I'll bring that up at the next conference. So of course I like paid attention to what the next conference was. Mm -hmm. um, 
And, and I like Dan's answer. And he said, every human being on this planet is going to agree that they want health. Oh, yeah. Right? Like that, that, that everybody values health. And, and the research as he understands it, uh, the, the one thing that, that always improves health is self-compassion. Ah, wow. I love and, that. And so I love your answer. Oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, th I think that like uh, cultivating self-compassion, like we can cultivate compassion for others, like, you know, or empathy or, you know, however we wanted to phrase that, but like treating ourselves the same as we would treat somebody else. Yeah. Like really hard work. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Especially for us perfectionists. Yeah. 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 So, so another person chimed in and said that she works to create a toolbox um, for hmm. people, help people create a toolbox that can be applied to all types of problems. Yes. Oh, I love that phrase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And that really helps with the agency and autonomy and authority. It's like, I've got tools that I can use. It's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. I see we have a couple more comments. So we'll just pause and because we're good on time and see whatever. Because again, I love that there are multiple therapists uh, discussing this because I, I think we can all, you know, all encourage people to be more aware about what they should be getting out of therapy because yeah. that helps therapy be better. Yeah. I attended a, a conference once where they said to ask this simple question, which I, I never thought to ask before this. They said like every four sessions or so, okay, say, so what's the progress you think you're making? Like, yeah. what are you seeing happening from therapy? Because you're right. We often just trundle our way through therapy and we don't stop and think, oh, this is what's changing. Yeah. And when we do that, it creates all these lovely, you know, A words in ourselves of like, well, I'm less stressed. I, I'm less reactive. I'm, I have more energy during it. And it just makes us look at what is changing inside of us, you know, because our brain is naturally yeah. to the negative. Like, yeah. here's what's wrong and here's what should happen. It's, I'm not here yeah. fast enough. And this is still here versus, wow, I didn't snap at that person that time. Whoa, yeah. that's cool. <laughs> and sometimes it's not even, I, I had a therapist ask me that and I was, she was just like, so what, do you, what, do you, what, do, what are you getting at this? And I was just like, well, I came in here and I didn't think I was afraid of anything. And now I'm afraid of everything. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> but like, some remote part of me understood yeah. that that was progress. Like at the time, it was really hard to hit, like, cause I, I kind of opened that box and it was like, you know, right. and, and I was kind of grateful that she asked at that moment, like, what, you know, what, what are we doing here? And I'm like trying to repack it here. <laughs> um, so. Right? Yeah. I remember when I realized how anxious I've been my entire life. Yeah. Like I had, I got a lot of good coping skills. So I did not really, it was just really paying attention, paying attention, being aware until one day it just hit me. I'm like, I'm always anxious. Yeah. Always, always, always. Most people never would realize it, but I've got an underlying 
you know, I'm my my system runs on fight or flight, which is why I've got so many self-soothing tools. Yeah, mm -hmm. but you're right. It's pretty humbling to realize that, isn't it? Yeah, right. And and I th I just want to name that that's a part of therapy. Like sometimes yeah. it feels like this is worse, mm -hmm. yet it's better. Yes. Right? Like I'm no longer alone with this, if nothing else. Right. Yeah. And we're actually. It's. I love that you said that because we're more. Like one of my goals in therapy is to help people like know and love themselves more. And when we create up, you know, we create these systems to protect ourselves, we are less connected to ourselves and therefore others, of course. But right. just even knowing, wow, I'm, I'm really afraid makes you so much more connected to you than right. you were capable of before. And that's when change can happen. So I love that example. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what are the, I keep seeing people make comments. So I'm so curious. Um, so, so actually it was just one person. Um, well, well oh, actually, here we go. How about like David Burns homework for competency and agility and getting lingering into the present and comfortable with uncomfortable, um, such as what are 14 worst or 14 best experiences of growing up? Often agency patterns are still operating and left underdeveloped. What else do you offer? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Chris, can you go to the next slide? Oh, sure. <clears throat> That's a great question. So basically, um, you know, this whole CBT thing is, is, is literally creating new behaviors. Um, I'm not a CBT therapist, but it's the same principle of, you know, when you create them and that first one, safe. Um, I differentiate in my work with people the difference between safety and safeness. Sims uses the word safeness. Um, safety is, is, okay, this is people who are, you know, who have OCD or they just need people to be a certain way so they can be calm or they need their environment to be a certain way so they can relax. We're, we're trying to create safety outside of ourselves so we can feel safe inside. And the creation of those lists, the top, you know, worst and, and, and being with them in the current moment, being with the maybe neural pathways that are running and at the same time going, wow, well, actually right now I'm safe. I don't feel safe because I'm remembering that awful situation. Oh my God, it was so awful. I feel like I'm going to, I can't breathe and oh, I'm so tense. But in this moment, I'm actually, this, this isn't happening in the moment. So it's bringing you in the moment so you can go, there was that awful experience I can feel it. I have this safeness to feel it and I'm okay. And literally then you're rewiring those past memories with the current and it's not happening now. In this moment, I am safe. In this moment, there are no tigers. There's nobody beating me up. There's nobody shaming me. It's just what I'm feeling. And then that seeking is, is you know, you said earlier, I love that you said the word curiosity. I think curiosity is one of the most powerful words in the human language because it brings our brain on board. I'm curious. That's the seeking. Well, what's happening? And when we're, when we're curious, we're less like, um, uh, like I, I use this example. We're less like beholden to what we're feeling because we're like, oh, I'm the one feeling it. What am I feeling? And I found, I don't know, have you ever been able to find this? I can't be curious and judgmental at the same time like yeah. i can't do it i tried can't do it so curiosity is awesome and so if they create that list and they'd be curious about oh what are my feelings from that then it 
it takes away the damage. We're not, we're not helpless to our memories. We're yeah. the person experiencing that. And that care, are you okay if I just go through this yeah, list? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that care is, um, it's just like, oh, oh, this is important. I'm important. I am worthy of this attention. This is, you know, this is an awful memory, and yet it's one I lived through. So that, that care. And then connection is, is super, well, one, there's connection with ourself, but especially in therapy, that we are remembering this, if in this case, if it's a past, um, but we're not alone, right? There's somebody there with us. And so many people, when they go through trauma of any kind, they feel very alone. Like nobody was there to support them. Maybe they were literally alone, but most people feel like, you know, nobody was there to help. Nobody took care of me. What I had to do this all by myself. So that connection while we're experiencing it is really important. And then the assertiveness is basically, I can do this. It's kind of, in my mind, it's very related to agency um, and autonomy, but I can do this. I'm capable. And with depressed patients that I hammer, like, look what you've done. Look, what, look, even though you're depressed, you did this. Oh, even though you're feeling depressed, you still able to do this. How were you able to do this? And then play, oh my goodness, play is just like having fun. It's when we laugh with our clients, when we bring lightness, even if they're talking about something very serious or, or very um, difficult for them. And then the pleasure sensual is just literally like, you know, even using our senses, touching our, our hands, finding the 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 yumminess of the life the pleasure of life the thing that is still there even if we're doing dealing with very difficult emotions like literally feeling i don't know about you but when i'm super present and i can feel any emotion like anger i could be furious i could even feel shame and when i can really feel the sensation it's like i attend to the sensation versus the cognitive thoughts right uh, that feel bad yeah 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 and and uh in chinese medicine uh the emotions are carried in the body yeah and i mean we're just beginning to get to that in therapy <laughs> and uh, as therapists and yeah <laughs> you know van der kolk you know awesome um and, uh, but they, they've been talking about that for a long time and, and like, they'll hold the emotions, uh, separate from the cognition so that that's a whole different layer. And that, I mean, studying Chinese medicine, why I was doing therapy and like learning that and it was like, Oh, I can just attend to these emotions yes. and, and the, and the feeling of them without getting the, the cognitive drive behind it. Right. And, and know, know that those emotions are coming up for a reason. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're like flags noting that the wind is changing. And I need to attend that the wind has changed because that might be meaningful in the moment. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Our feelings. And one of, the, one of the things I do to help create safeness in my clients is when they're feeling a really difficult feeling, I'll say, well, you're clearly safe enough to feel this now. Because as you right. said earlier, Chris, you're like, and for me, I didn't know how anxious I was until I was safe enough to know how anxious I was all the time. Yeah. So just 
just being able to hold it's like wow your 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 psyche is saying you've got this you can deal with it. it's up because you're safe enough to be with it right now so it's a beautiful reframe of it's not just bad it means it's a good sign for your ability to do something with it now versus right. be a victim to it right right yeah our feelings are just beautiful markers of what's happening yeah 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 uh did any other comments come in, Natasha? Uh, nope, not yet. Okay. So one of the things that that I was hoping to um, to to develop, help develop for people who might listen to this is, if you're going into therapy for the first or maybe the second time, like how would you frame? Using some of these languages, how would you might frame what you're looking for in a way that a, a therapist, regardless of their, uh, their approach, if they do DBT or CBT or ACT or all, I mean, many of these therapies all are working towards this. It, like, do you think that using a list like this of like, hey, I would like to have more of this in my life would be a way of articulating it rather than I don't want to be anxious anymore. Right? right. Like, yeah. Like, which is a which is fine. It's a good good thing to notice what you don't want. But like with addictions, one of the things that's so clear with my work with addictions is that you can't stop an addiction unless your life after it stops is so much better right than with the addiction and i think that that's true with anxiety and depression in that like you have to our brain doesn't do knots it moves towards things mm -hmm. and so you know helping people be like, okay, if I'm going to go to therapy, I'm going to try and see if they can help me develop this rather than escape that. Yeah. That's fascinating. That is so difficult to get our brain to move towards what we want yeah. versus what we want to get away from. Like that beautiful image you captured, that monster's like we're all our, you know, all our nervous system is always looking for the negative. What's wrong? What am I afraid of? And even as I'm talking with clients and helping them be more aware of how their thoughts, how their bodies are responding to their thoughts, sure. I'll say, so what's happening right now? And they're saying, well, I don't feel anxious. I don't feel scared. I don't feel tense. And I'm like, okay, that's awesome. Um, what do you feel? And yeah. it, it takes time and time again for them to go, Oh, well, I feel relaxed. So yeah. honestly, Chris, I think you're absolutely right. People like they, they need to have something to move toward. Yeah. And I think that's part of our work is to help them reframe it to well, what, what do you want? Yeah. And then help them feel what that, when people allow themselves to want what they're, oh, I want, I want, I want a life free from anxiety. Okay. That's what you don't want. What do you yeah. want? Yeah. Okay. So uh, you mean what's, and they get, and then when they land on, well, I want, I want to have choice. Yeah. I want to, I want peace. And then our bodies are always responding so that they can feel that peace. Oh, I want choice. Oh, oh yeah. That sounds so fun. I want friends that I like. Oh my God. And then, you know, 
those neural pathways are firing. And because, you know, our brain loves dopamine. Sure. We're, we're like, oh yeah, I want, I want healthy friends. And then we get the dopamine hit from that. We're, you know, our brain's much more likely to go, yeah, do this for friends. Yeah, do that for healthy. That feels good. Versus I want, I want to stop feeling anxious, which feels awful. Yeah. And we're not as motivated yeah. to move towards not feeling anxious. Yeah. That's a great. So Chris, what do you do to help shift people's thinking from, I want to get away from this to, I want this? Well, you know, first I feed them protein. Right. <laughs> because, because that's what happens with everybody. Right, yeah, right. right. Um, but, um, you know, one of the things, like when I'm working with, and often people have therapists, or at least have had therapists, but often when people come in to see me, and 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 we're running across the same story over and over again. Yeah. That's when I'm like, hmm, would you consider to go see a therapist? And and sometimes I've got, no, I've already done that. And and I'm like, well, what did you learn with that therapist? And they will say, I learned that this thing was traumatic. Oh. I'm just like, huh. I'm depressed. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, so did you work on mindfulness? You know, like I start trying to name skills that they might have learned. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they have that and sometimes they don't. But um, when, when people are articulating that they are always to blame, like, yeah. the, like is always coming up, then, um, you know, I, I, I start talking to them that, that I, cause I like the family system that works for me. That was helpful. I'm like, you know, there might be a three-year-old in there who's not so happy and there might be a five-year-old and like, a, a, a therapist might be able to help you with this. And what I liked about this list is, is that it started to give me language where it's like, oh, you might work on feeling safe even when you're alone. Yes. Like not, and not that they're, they're the aloneness, it's uh, the, the lonely piece, but that, that like they, even when they're alone, they, their, their system is anxious. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, or, you know, they're coming out of a bad relationship. And so connection has been really devastated. And, uh, and I, I want them to be able to re rewrite that in way it, with tools that I don't have or are not appropriate. Cause I, I really try and stay present moment forward because at least before COVID, I, I, as an acupuncturist, I worked on the body. And I think that if you're touching somebody's body, you should really stay present, present forward. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and so is where change can occur. It right. can't occur in the past. Yeah. And so, um, so part of this is for me in looking for a language of like, I, because, you know, therapy is sometimes really stig stigmatized mm -hmm. in that crazy people just go see that therapist. And I'm like, no, actually, 
people who want to transition, um, you know, uh, want to go through transitions with some, some ease and eloquence, right? Can benefit that, you know, kind of going back to that comment of deep and fast. Well, you know, to me, that's part of when you would go see a therapist is when you want, you're tired of not moving forward and not moving forward is consistently right. not going fast. No. And, uh, and so. It's true. It's true. I guess <laughs> if you see a therapist, it is much deeper and faster, like by definition. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it can be, but not not always, you know, because because again, like there's this, uh, you know, I want to be, you know, I sometimes call myself the spectator in the sport of psychotherapy, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> and and you know, sometimes it's just not a fit, and and people aren't aren't gaining skills to move forward and can't articulate progress. And so I just wanted to see if it was possible to start creating language around like what can be gained from therapy. And I thought that these lists were really helpful in that, you know, just somebody coming in and being like, yeah, you know, I know that I'm an anxious person. I know that there's trauma, but I, I, you know, and now I'm home alone uh, with my kids all the time, and I really want to be able to spontaneously play. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, that's so hard for some people, and like, but I'm not even sure that all therapists can help with that because a lot of therapists don't don't play. Like, mm. uh, my sensei was a a therapist, and she would go and 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 teach an Antioch class. And she would consistently get two or three students who are like, you are too happy and too fun to be a therapist. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> because therapists have to be serious people. Oh, no. You know? Yeah. Playing actually helps bring more of our brain on board. I mean, yeah. it really does. Yeah. So, so I don't know that that's kind of what, what I was hoping to do with today. Uh, and, it, and we've got about five more minutes. And so I, I wanted to see if any other questions came up or yep. comments. Um, so one person says that during the COVID-19 pandemic, she's been having problems with clients with very serious medical and physical problems who have tremendous life trauma. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's more of a comment. And yeah. um, I think that just sort of resonates with or, or, or carries on with Kristen, what you were just talking about with, yeah. with yeah. sort of the people's lives are changing in ways that, you know, may feel like a setback, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking with a woman that I usually share an office with, <laughs> um, but uh, she said that what she's noticed, she said, do you notice in your clients that whatever traumas they've had in their past, COVID is bringing them up again. Like mm. if your fear is your health, well, you know, COVID is a beautiful, beautiful trigger. If your fear is being alone, well, there you go. If your fear is, is losing loved ones, if your fear is about finances, I mean, it's like whatever your past traumas are, this is tailor built to bring those up and just have them right in your face. Yeah. At a time when the gestalt of the, the world is vibrating on a like, uh, like we're all stressed. So yeah. all our nervous systems are 
having a hard time, like we're all triggering off of each other, just listening to the news or reading. And so, yeah, I think for us to is, and this is the hard part for therapists is, you know, we're, we're going through it the same time as our clients. Yeah. We're trying to figure it out the same time as the people we're trying to help. But the more we can, you know, have our nervous system calm down and have our sense of agency and autonomy and there are things you can do and you're capable. Even with all this stuff, what are you, where do you still have the choices? And I think that's where we can be a real gift as any kind of um, health provider to, to soothe ourselves and go, even in this pandemic, in this moment, I'm okay. I'm in great pain, but in this moment, I'm still alive. Sometimes it's, I'm not dead. I'm still yeah. alive. Yeah. And sometimes that's the only choice our clients feel they have, right? So to yeah. find somewhere where they still have agency, even though they're in great pain or, you know, they're worried about their health and they're afraid to go in to deal with it because, you know, they might die. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And plus we're also, and we can do this on any level, we're basically saying you're not alone. Yeah. I'm, I'm here with you. Yeah, we, we are going through this together. And that is, while very simple, it can be so soothing and calming to our psyches. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And there was um, a last comment on uh, just saying that they really enjoyed your every four session question, Jane, of just oh, checking yeah. in. Um, and then a question, what about Scott Miller and the work of the International Institute of Clinical Excellence? where every session clients get to say, how come you didn't do this sooner? Huh. I don't know. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not familiar, I'm not familiar with them either, but we will put that in our resources. Because you didn't, are they asking the therapist or are they asking themselves? How come you didn't do this sooner? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, and maybe that person can, can, explain a little bit more in chat type another follow-up chat explaining a little bit more yeah. yeah one dynamic i find is when people um see that they have a choice where they never realized they had a choice before because they were so you know they were so blinded by their habits and their beliefs they learned that um every single time they say oh i i can actually do this differently they grieve yeah because they're grieving all the time they did not know they had a choice. Yeah. Mm. So I don't know if that's related to what the-, the Yeah, there was a follow-up saying, the question is how, how, or that some clients may have is how come they didn't get, have the opportunity to give feedback or sooner than- Oh, well, yeah. that's good feedback, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you for that. I'm gonna remember that. And because sometimes I forget to ask that question. So that's a good prompt to- yeah. 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 That. Yeah. Excellent. Um, we try and get resources from from our guests, and so Jane has uh, list, listed some podcasts and books, including her own, which I have a copy of, and it's a nice little short book. Actually, yeah, it's really short. quite nice. Yeah. Um, and of course, this is us. So we're going to wrap up. If uh, if the the rest of the guests want to leave a comment as they leave on what was helpful um, and what are they taking away, because I you know I I, I like to make sure that it, this was of use. We so appreciate you all joining us. Thank you all for coming. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah.
So thanks so much, everybody. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. I had fun.